Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. After a day of traveling through the jungles of the Isle of Dread, our heroes are led to a quiet spot to bed down for the evening by their guide, a tabaxi hunter named Quat. They are traveling towards a volcano, where they hope to discover a teleportation circle that can help with travel not just around the island, but back and forth to the material plane. Most of the night passes quietly, except for Trevancore and Shadow's Watch, where they have a curious encounter with a tiny creature who observes them calmly before taking the apple that is offered and vanishing into the night. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have hot chocolate for my drink. Uh. I mean, I would need a chocolate, and so here it is. It's got nothing in it except the chocolatey goodness of joy. I was going to go get mini marshmallows, and I ran out of time, and so I just have chocolate in a cup, but I have no regrets. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight I'm taking it a little easy. I have so far only had one of these uh, Truly Lemonades. Uh, I have a raid after this, so I need to be semi-drunk, not all the way <laughs> drunk. Okay. I just need enough to relax. It's 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 a raid I've done uh, quite a bit, so it's not I'm not worried about it. But we are uh, getting a player their divinity, which is the exotic from the Garden of Salvation raid. So Dr. Jones can't wait to do that with you. And uh, speaking of old RT people, uh, tonight's shot of fireball to be consumed in the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to none other than Gavino. I don't know if he has any other names. I don't even know the guy's last name. He's it's Gavin Free, and uh, he is. He is uh, known for his rooster teeth and achievement hunter and slow-mo guy's achievements. And he just notched another one on his belt today. Uh, he made a video about the importance of wearing masks. And he interviewed one Dr. Anthony Fauci and showed him his video and reiterated how important mask use is. So, Gavin, good job. Uh, we're all very proud of you. And this fireball shot is for you. It's just further proof that Gavin is an incredibly intelligent individual, sometimes oblivious, but Gavin, very intelligent. I'll say yes, this about extremely. Gavin. He is the most perfect convergence of talent, opportunity, and drive. Like, he's got the talent, he works extremely hard at what he does, and he has also made the best use of every opportunity given to him. I think once he was like, I just say yes to everything. And that has served him very well. Absolutely. Yep. And I look forward to seeing more of his deep dives into, I was going to say health-related matters, but no. I actually, no, I don't, I don't want that. I, I don't want to watch snot come out of people in slow motion. <laughs> nope, but I look forward to any of his videos, basically, especially his slow-mo stuff. Carlton, what are you drinking? I have one of my new favorites, and that's the Dr. Pepper cream soda mix. Whoa. We're all out of my weird sodas from the liquor store, so we're going to normal sodas from the normal store. 
Norm- normal soders. Did you normal <laughs> soders? Normal soders. Normal soders. <laughs> you know, there's a good reason that we're not a live podcast. So yeah. normal sodas from the normal store. <laughs> nah, she's gonna leave that in. Leave it Normy in. Soders. Normie and that's, soders. That's not even a Philly thing. It's just a, a you thing. Will. It's a it's a been a long day thing. <laughs> yeah, I know that feels. That My desktop computer is currently in many pieces we're next so to me, exhausted. trying to repair it, but taking a break to record Dungeon Drunks because I need a mental break from the chaos that is repairing a computer. Yeah, I think that continues to be why we play D anD D is is we need the mental break, even 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 though I might be almost out of spell slots, I'd rather be here with all of you using the last of them up because I need it. Bernie, what are you drinking? I have a, a new beer, a very fall beer. It's cool. I'll take a picture and put it up. But it is called Tales from the Patch Whoa. Pumpkin Porter. And that is super nice. This is from Big Rig Brewery. And I want to say they're actually here in – they're in Canada. The This part, the person at the LCBO told me, like, the moon that they have behind the pumpkin supposedly glows in the dark. And Steven and I have been trying to, like, see if that – I don't think it glows in the dark. It makes me sad. Hmm. It's also possible, is it a cold can? Because sometimes uh, the cold can affect those uh, glow-in-the-dark things. So maybe when the can warms up, give it another try. Oh, I will. In that case, I will. All right. So my wonderful groomsperson mug is rather unfortunately dirty. It's like you use it and love it or something. Yeah, it's like I use it every week and sometimes I put it by the sink and not in the sink and then I forget to wash it. I've never done that. Never. This is going to have a horrible head on it, but that's, that's fine. Okay, so instead, I have one of my spoopy skull cups. I don't know if you guys can see that. <laughs> nice. I like it. It's kind of scary. Spoopy. so much head. I just gave up pouring. I don't taste the pumpkin quite as much in this, but this is just a good porter. Hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be a little darker and a little more bitter, but can have like a very bitter aftertaste. That you, ironically, I find when beers have a bitter aftertaste, it forces me to drink them faster because I'm trying to put something in my mouth because, like, the forefront of the taste, the first part of the taste is always fine. But this is, like, actually, there's no bitter aftertaste. It's got a great smell. It's just a really good porter. I don't see a lot of, like, pumpkin-forward anything. Like, there's not any, like, spices that you find in pumpkin pie that are forward, which I think would actually really work in a porter because if you've ever had, like, because I think some of the heavier beers can take a little more, like, if you ever had, like, a chocolate stout or, like, a peanut butter porter, for instance. Like, really good peanut butter porters are, like, amazing. So I think they could have done a little more with it on the pumpkin side, but the can is really cool and it's just a good porter. And I think for that, I would drink this again. I would just have to remind myself there is not really any pumpkin coming through. Well, you know, hopefully the next beer, because we're, we're running out of time before Halloween happens and the spoopy season is officially over. So hopefully your your final drink will have a little more pumpkin in it. Oh, but we'll... no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's hold on. Let's be clear. Pumpkin beers, for me, go all the way through American Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I just mean before Halloween happens. Like, this is this is the last time, you know, we'll have one more hopeful time that we'll be together before Halloween actually happens, and hopefully that will include something more pumpkin-y, but you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Meanwhile, back in, in the now-now, Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice here in the now-now 
is masala chai that I made, chaya. So Ooh. I thought about running to the local beverage store to pick up something, and I thought to myself, nah, you know what? I got the the powder. I got I got masala powder. I got like tea powder. I can just make it real quick on my stove. And my wife swears up and down that I make it better. And I don't know if there's something that she's telling you because she believes it or because she wants me to make it for her. It's like when my mom used to tell me I was the best of all of her kids at ironing her uniform, like when she had to go to work in the, at night. I don't know if it's actually true or not, or if it's what she had to say to get it done. But either way, I, I iron uniforms, and I make chaya, and this is pretty good. Like, it's got the the right amount of masala. You don't want too much, because it's going to punch you in the mouth if you do. But you want to taste it in there, too. And then, of course, the black tea with a combination of uh, milk and, and water. I may have given the recipe that, that I made a while ago, but if anyone's curious, you can hit me up um, at Jack Edith on Twitter, or just ask Dungeon Drunks. You should make we'll us a you. little video. For oh. the Instagram. Oh, that'd be lovely. It, and I'll post it. And then everybody, because like, I usually just make, if we make, if we go to the trouble making chai tea on the stove, it's like a latte and it's like the milk and the, so ours is probably not nearly as good. I haven't had yours yet. It might be better. Who knows? Well, now it sounds like both of you need to record and then we can do a comparison and then people at home who, like me, know nothing about doing that uh, would actually have some some things to try. Dungeon Drunks Chai Challenge 2020. <laughs> Hashtag Chai pour Challenge. Mix, pour the milk. Swirl it. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Like, my Chai Challenge will be like, Julia uses the instructions on the back of the Chai Walla Chai container. There you go. This this will be just a more interactive version of those instructions because they will come in video form by people that we love. Meanwhile, it's the morning. That's a tr- transition. Why not? You've woken up. You've had a chance to chat. The bubble has literally burst, figuratively burst. I don't know. Jonathan has cast Rary's Telepathic Bond. You are all getting ready to do day two of travel through the jungle to head to the volcano. Is there anything you would like to do before you head out? Or are you ready to just follow Quat through the path? Uh, we'll follow. But while we're doing that, Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to consider the creature that, uh, that Travancore encountered the previous night. Okay. How much has he told us? Travancore? I I told you everything that I saw. Okay. Jonathan, how would you like to... I believe you had already done some rolling to try to consider that creature. Yeah, I do seem to remember because there was a a bit of chat about that. I was trying to sneak one by you there, just trying to get one through the five hole. Well, and so my question to you is, instead of just rolling again, is there anything else you would like to consider about the creature? Or, you know, you you all had a chance to talk to Quat, who confirmed a little bit about how they're around and they're mischievous, but they're not necessarily dangerous. But uh, he did not seem to know very much more. And most of you did not know too much more. But you can certainly continue to chat about that either in your heads or out loud. Uh, probably in our heads, between our heads, but they... Mystical communication network. Is 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 wait, we have we done the the telepathic bond with Quiet yet? Oh yeah, yes. we did it. This, yeah, I was like, this isn't Quiet's first. Oh, Jonathan, did you mail blank Carlton yet? Oh, one sec. Jonathan sneaks up on Carlton. Do you know? Buddy style. I don't know. Let's find out. No 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 no. My because pa- my passive perception is now twenty three. Go go ahead and roll a stealth check, Jonathan. Let's see. I. Okay, so, thing is, I rolled a natural 20, (laughs) but it only shakes out to a 22. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say something, 
And I was going to be like, hmm, there's no way I can overcome that passive perception. Why is it so high? With that last feat, I took expertise in it. Oh. Because I'm your sentinel. I'm your guard. I want to be aware of the dangers. That totally makes sense. So here's what I'm going to ask Carlton. Because yes, Jonathan rolled a natural 20. Carlton, you do see Jonathan moving towards you. He is surprisingly stealthy. Like, you're actually really impressed. Like, genuinely impressed by the the quality of his his movement how little sound if any he is making despite the fact that the the ground is covered in stuff that rustles and cracks and creaks he is doing the correct motions and where sometimes he's moving fast and sometimes he's moving slow and he's he's doing an excellent job of keeping an eye on when you seem to be noticing him more so with that in mind what is your reaction to Jonathan sneaking up on you? In the tell bond, I'd be like, if only you can do this when it actually matters. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and Jonathan the Magic Muscular said, oh, you weren't looking for me, and Bucks delivers the spell. <gasps> oh! Wow. Oh, yeah! Clever That's a clap bird. Back. That is a stand up in the movie theater and clap moment. <laughs> Bucks lands on your head. And you see, and you you feel the familiar like armor plating deploy around your brain uh, through <laughs> his tiny claws. <laughs> you just velociraptored me. <laughs> you know what? And that's that is what a natural twenty that still isn't high enough looks like. I applaud the two of you. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, you are following Quat through the jungle this morning. He once again urges you to be. You don't have to roll any stealth checks for this, but he does encourage everybody to be cautious and quiet so you can continue to chat in your heads. It's once again kind of a a nice day outside. The clouds seem to have cleared up. You still cannot see a very clear sun anywhere. It's You're starting to get used to it. It still feels a little odd to see the sky lighten but not know where the sun is not have it not having directed rays on you especially through the trees but you're making your way through the jungles or anything that you would like to do bernie wants to ask quad about that i don't think we've asked anybody about that oh the sky i don't think you have yeah bernie says ah, quad i you, you uh you ended up here you came here and in your time ever happen to ask anybody why there really just isn't a sun? I have asked, but there is no answer. No one knows why. It just gets light, gets dark. There are no stars, either. There's no moon. There is nothing. It is kind of creepy sometimes. That, yeah. So the turtles don't have any explanation for it? Not even a myth? I think they've got some stories, but nothing for sure. Most of them just shrug and accept it. Ah, there is no sun. There is no moon. There is only here. And that is enough. They're very pedantic about it. But I guess if you have never seen anything else, it is not so strange. We are used to what we know, right? I guess the lack of an explanation for sun, no sun, no moon, no stars, mean there really has always never been one, because, well, I mean, everyone's got a creation story, and 
At some point, they would explain it. Who do the turtles pray to? Well, it depends on who you ask. They, they all have their own individual beliefs. Some of them have taken the beliefs of some of those that have come here. Some of them are not very religious. They live much shorter lives than many of us do, though. So I think their priorities are on the here and now, which I can appreciate. I feel that. I got a long time to be, if all goes according to plan, that is, in this world. Maybe at some point we'll find out why. Jonathan, your people over there in uh, magical science land know anything about this? Uh, about the, about the lack of sun, stars, and moon? Yeah, that It's a one. very boring version of this uh, sugary cereal that the mages came up with. Uh, they had all sorts of stuff in it, but this would not, you know, it'd last. Uh, this is going to be weird. Okay, Jonathan Mad Muscular, can he roll, I guess, an arcana? Or what's, like, planar knowledge? Why don't you give me a history check? Because be, this would be something that you might have learned about in school, but um, is not necessarily straight arcana, so. I just had an epiphany. 20. Oh, I was going to say, why are you rolling that? This is my epiphany Julia the player just had, which is that I live in a world as a human being where myth does is supposed to instruct, explain, and entertain, right? It's supposed mm -hmm. to tell us why something happens. It's supposed to tell us how we are supposed to act, and it's supposed to entertain us. And it, I'm not going to tell anybody their religion isn't real, but you can see all of these parallels across religions. We have creation myths. We have the reason the sun is in the sky. We have the reason the sun crosses the sky. We have all of these things that explain the mechanisms of our world and all of our different religions and mythologies. And I just realized that I was asking that question from a point of view of a, of a me. And I should have asked that question from a point of view of a religious player who has proof that God is real. And I should be doing a check because in my head there is a myth that the gods took the sun away. And I've realized we're playing a game where the gods could have taken the sun away. <laughs> and that's actually a reality that we can live in. You're also living in a world in where, yes, you've proof that God, not just God exists, you've proof that many gods exist. Many gods exist, yeah. have their own motivations, might take a sun away. It, like... <laughs> And might put it back, you know, someone else put it back. So yeah, there is, I'll, I'll say without doing a roll as you kind of mull over it, as Jonathan is also mulling over uh, his, his studies in planar mechanics, that you think the fact that the, the turtles have for such a long time openly embraced so many different people who've come in literally washed up on shore, that they're probably just enjoying the variety. And, you know, they might have, you know, the people who live here, the turtles that live here might have their own myths and legends. But from the way Quat is talking about it, it's never been important enough for at least him to find out about it. Ah, so, so they are not evangelizing. Quat would confirm that, and he'll just say this in character real quick before I answer Jonathan's question. No, not, not really. No one, no one who comes here has been so fervent in their beliefs as to try to convert uh at least no one that i know something about being washed up at the whims of planar travel puts it in perspective chill and hold that thought for a second as jonathan 
uh, with your dirty 20 in remembering your planar mechanics, you know that a lot of the planes that are closely connected to the material plane share a lot of either spaces of overlap or fundamental mechanics. They they have gravity. They, they all kind of work the same way. But a lot of the elemental planes, and this is one of the ones that you're on, even though it is very close to the material plane, it is so basically tied to the element that is involved that a lot of the other mechanics are, the way you remember it is that they're mostly there for show. It's Ooh. not that the sun is missing. It's the sun is unimportant. It's not that the stars are missing. It's the stars are unimportant. This is an entire world in a glass jar of water and there is nothing else and what you're seeing as the day night cycle what may come across as seasons or you know anything else are just remnants coming over from the material plane if it wasn't so closely tied together this would just be a ball of water probably never changing probably never uh, having days and nights and evenings and anything Quat is going to continue and say, While I am not religious myself, it is hard not to thank the Cat Lord for my own curiosity. This has been an adventure I would not have given up on, even if it was very wet to begin with. Wait, Cat Lord? Yes. Have you not heard of them? No. No. Uh, they are the all-seeing lord over all the tabaxi. They gift all of us with some innate talent. And most are gifted with things that keep them close to home, which is why you don't see too many. But every once in a while, someone is gifted an innate curiosity, which sends us out into the world. And then some of us do not come back. What does Bernie know about the cat lord? I is it like from Springer for cats? <laughs> no. No. Bernie, go ahead and roll a religion check. Good episode title, though. Rum Tums. Rum Tum Tugger Springa. Springa. Oh my god. Is the Cat Lord. Is everybody here on the Whatcha side? The, sh the, high, the shiny side? I've never seen cats. I've heard it's awful. Sorry. Well, well, listen, all I know is Jellicle cats will je do as Jellicle does or something. I don't know. Jellicle. 2020 is the universe's answer to the movie Cats. I've heard that, yeah, that we know we're in the darkest timeline because of Cats. I want the butthole cut. I, no, I was going to say, the only thing cut. I know about like cats in general is that the, the Jellicle Cat song is uh, Princess um, Carolyn's uh, music, like ringtone in BoJack Horseman. That makes sense. Wait, so Cats was a production in the BoJack Horseman universe? Yeah. Secretariat's I... also a track runner. Which makes sense. He's actually uh, Bojack's well, hero. Well, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that, but I didn't know that that cats was a thing in a world populated by anthropomorphic cats. Okay, cool. It, I I assume so. I mean, because Jellicle Cats is the song when you're walking alone. The only reason I know that is because it's her her uh, her her music for her phone, so, whatever she's call. One of my we're just gonna keep with the the tangent here. One of my favorite yeah. YouTubers. Just keep going. Lindsay Ellis did a, has is obsessed with cats. Like, and just how terrible it is, but why people keep trying to adapt it. And she had, I think, a couple of videos, one about the musical and then one about, like, the movie. And they're brilliant. They're just, it's it's wonderful analysis. She She's just, all of her stuff is really good. All right. I will keep that in mind, but I'm Sorry. still not going to go back and watch Cats. Sorry. No. Not going to watch Cats. Not going to do it. Meanwhile, Bernie, what's your role? 
Bernie rolled a, and, and the point at which he told me to hold that thought, I cannot remember what I was going to ask. So friends, if you were wondering what Bernie wanted to think. About the cat well, you lord? Well, you were rolling a religion check to see how much you know about the cat lord. Yeah, but we were holding that thought. I had like a question. Oh, wow. Well, what did you roll? I got a 12, but the 12 isn't to do with my question. My question oh. is about what Bernie knows about the cat lord. This was like, you were like, hold that thought while Jonathan... Sorry, I'm learned sorry. Explainer yeah. shit, oh. and I cannot remember. So the thought is permanently held. It was sorry, I was trying to bounce back and forth so that we didn't lose if, stuff. Listen, if any, if at any point it comes back to you, just give it to us. It's probably a thought about 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 myth and how. And I think it was that I think in a culture, it's very self-explanatory. No matter whether or not myths are real, there's no need to explain a thing being wrong if it's never seemed wrong to you in the first place. Yep. The only reason turtles know about the sun, or at least the turtles that have lived here all their lives, is because people have washed up on shore and mentioned it's a weird thing, so. Yeah. I guess I also think there would still be some kind of creation myth for them, where it would just talk, because every creation myth talks about why the sky is blue, why this is that. I think there would still be a myth that would explain where light and dark come from, but. But you would have to ask a turtle. It probably where... has to do with their secret uh, shellical ball. And Jonathan falls you. over. I hate dead. you. I hate you so Attacked much. Attacked by a triceratops. Oh, I don't no. know where this is. And Bernie, Bernie reaches in her bag for a diamond and goes, uh, uh. And, just, oh, and, <laughs> and here I, Jack, was ready, willing, and able to provide a creation myth vis a vis Howie Mandel shaking sea monkey powder into water and this all the life from this plane of existence coming from that. It's Howie Mandel. He's their god. I mean, that's canon. Totally canon. <laughs> also, with a 12, Bernie, you think you may have at one point heard about the Cat Lord? But that's about it. That's that's it. You know that that's a thing? <laughs> I just tried to ask you what the name of the Cat Lord is. Just full <laughs> on French. Arthur Ashe. I'm sorry. This has been a weird week for me. What's no, the, I get that. Bernie, Bernie looks at um at Kumquat and <laughs> <laughs> and says, um, does the Cat Lord have like a name, or is is their name just Cat Lord? Is it the only name of them is the Cat Lord? Ah. So if there is another name, it is not one that has been gifted to one of us yet. I could ask my goddess; she might know the Cat Lord. Well, if you want to, and if she will tell you. What spell do I have? We'll do this. Put it, let's put a pin in this, because I don't want to waste a spell slot in an area where we're probably going to die. Um, but when we get back, and someone remind me if I don't do this, Bernie's going to contact Queen Bay. You have several spells that uh, can speak to your goddess in various and sundry ways. There is also just praying, although you do know that on a regular basis when you just pray, you don't necessarily get a direct answer or an answer at all. But you, you do have several things at your disposal. You also do have divine intervention if you would like to try that and see if she'll just tell you the name of the cat lord, if there is one. But that's completely up to you. Oh, Bernie's not going to use her divine intervention on a cat lord name. I'm. She's not that dumb. She just saw a sparky, sparky, boom dinosaur. <laughs> uh, I She's think combustion not dumb. dinosaur works a little better. Not for this one. <laughs> she knows how dangerous the world is right now, but when you guys are back in safety, she's going to find out if Queen Bay and the Cat Lord are friends. And she says, to be fair, I'm, no, no offense, 
weird. More dog people, but no one ever says no to cats. Well, that is good. It would be very weird if you were here with me and I was leading you and you said no. Yeah, that would be dumb. <laughs> do you think my... Do you think your lord knows my leaky? I do not know. I've never asked. I do not have a personal relationship with the cat lord. Those of us that are gifted the curiosity to leave, it can be difficult sometimes. And when I was younger, I definitely felt more angry. I'm more at peace with it now. I... I see it more as the blessing that it is, but at first, not so much. Man, you know, you think you mean to think there aren't any cultural universals, and then you realize everybody's angry with God at some point, and you go, oh, okay. Or devils. Or any creature that can make its own decisions. Somebody will eventually make a decision that you do not like. Oh, yeah, that's sort of the theme here with us, so you kind of fit right in, don't you? Yeah, well, it's good to know when we fight the volcano that I will be fighting side by side with people that feel the same way. About fighting the volcano. Yes, is that not where you were going? That seemed to be the reason when we talked about it yesterday. Yes, I just... I, I, clarification. <laughs> it's at that point that I'd like... Everybody to roll a perception check. Oh, you like liars, though. You fucking would. That's what we get for taking a tangent. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams in a single grand adventure. And it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, Sea Team, Silver and Steel, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on November 15th at 8pm Pacific, so open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. M-A-T-T-R-O-T-I-V-E-L-E so use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got for your champions. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. The good news about this tangent is that you have traveled quite the long way on a gorgeous day in the jungle and you're making excellent time. There hasn't seemed to have been any issues on your travels. And I, I like to think that like the Muppets who travel by map... We travel by tangent. Yes. And somehow the more tangents you take, the faster you get there. Bernie, what's your roll? Not that good. Bernie got a 13, but she's thinking, she's, she's thinking about, she's got a bunch of things on her mind, namely. Cats. Cats. She wants to know, she's sort of trying to send up a stealthy prayer. She's kind of like trying to ask Queen Bay. She's like, hey. This is, like, not the best use of, like, anything, but, like, do you know this cat lord? Like, she's sort of thinking about cat lord. She's still trying to parse out why we're going to fight a physical volcano and why nobody wants to, to – nobody in her group seems to be, like, yo. Like, like <laughs> I know we fought some weird shit, but, like, a physical volcano? Like, is she like – Because you don't crush Carlton's dreams like that. Mm. Travancore, what, what did you in Shadow roll? 
Travancore got a 26. Shadow got a 21. Well, bless Ooh, and Carlton? Uh, 23. And Jonathan and Bucks. Bucks got a 17. Jonathan the Magic Muscular got a 7. Okay, so everybody except for Bernie and Jonathan notice, and you actually, you see Quat sniff the air a little bit at the same time that all of you notice this as well. The whiff of sulfur? Rotten eggs on the air? And Quat obviously sniffs and then grins and says, Ah, we are getting close. You will see it soon. And as you continue through this winding path, which for the first day of your travel had steadily climbed up, not a grand distance, not into the mountains or anything, but just well above sea level, for lack of a better term. And you'd woken up and have been traveling for several more hours, kind of plateaued out. Now you're going down just a little bit. You're coming off an, uh, uh, an incline down. And now that you smell it on the air, you're kind of keeping an eye out and you do see what looks like gentle smoke rising in the air. Gray. Gray with sometimes a little bit darker, sometimes a little bit lighter. A thick column, but not a furious column. And the trees are starting to thin out a little bit. The sounds of the animals around you are starting to fade. And every step is bringing you closer and closer to what you can feel must be this, this volcano. But you don't see a mountain, you don't see a spike or a pillar in front of you like you would expect. And eventually the trees thin out just enough that all of you, even those of you who hadn't rolled quite so well, start to see that the ground is now changing from the normal dirt and moss and thick underbrush, and it's thinning out and it's starting to get more sandy pebbles and bits of black rock that seem like obsidian. And then you break through into what looks and feels like a giant flat plane of obsidian. The air is hot and dry. The ground below you alternates between bits of hard, almost glass-like rock and then more sand and pebble and stone broken up. And before you, still very far away, still at a, a distance that feels like you're still safe, you see a tiny incline, like a bowl in the earth. And every once in a while, out of this giant crevasse in the earth, from your distance, maybe 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 feet away, a little bit of a red spark comes out. And is Bucks currently flying or is he on someone's shoulder? Uh, I think he's a brave owl today, so he will be flying and landing on trees uh, as he can. But maybe when the trees start to thin out, he comes down and, and lands on uh, Bernie's shoulder again. Okay. As the the trees not only thin out, but expire. There's now nothing before you except rock and ash and this weird sand and dirt. Uh, Bucks, just before he lands, gets a, 
a little bit more of an aerial view and he can see if you're coming at this volcano from the south go and you're so you're going north towards this volcano it's pouring out very slow lava going towards the east kind of this bubbling gurgling bits of molten rock in oranges and yellows and reds bubbling up and pouring out and then in a very slow river of lava heading towards the east and he can actually see that there's a drop off like a little cliff and then it looks like it eventually either dries cools or makes its way into the ocean and quat motions grandly with a, a claw and says and here we are the volcano awaits i have never been further than this does that volcano have a name uh, no actually it's just called the volcano it is the only one on the island that we know of hey quat take a step forward he looks at you and then takes a step forward you've now never been further than there Ah, <laughs> as we continue to explore, I may say that a lot. So I just want to make sure I'm correct. It's not like an up volcano. It's like a... Uh, yeah, picture in Hawaii, the mm -hmm. volcanoes that are basically just the the openings in the earth that are pouring out lava, but they're not the a holes. mountain. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a geyser, but a... Yeah, but not even a geyser. Like, there's, there's not a, yeah. a, a plume of lava. There doesn't seem to be any... You're not feeling the ground shake beneath you. There's not a an explosion. The smoke that's coming up is relatively, you know, for lack of a better term, lazy. And even the, the molten rock that you can see that is moving, it is moving relatively slowly. It's a wide, it's a very large hole in the ground and it is wide and there's a lot of it pouring out, but none of it is so actively erupting as to be danger. And now you kind of understand why people have said that you know, this is not really the kind of volcano that is going to cause damage to the island. And Quat, sensing as you're looking at this volcano, continues to say, Every once in a while it gets really angry and sometimes you can see uh, little bits go up into the air, uh, the smoke gets darker, and all the birds get upset and flee. I did hear once, oh, before I came to this island, there was a like, big explosion, like, could see it from the town. But since then it's just been this... It's still dangerous. There are whole areas around here that the ground looks safe, but it is not. And do not step long. You will be stuck to the ground if you do not. Oh. It is oh. very hot. Okay. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to see if he's got anything for this. I don't think he does. For for shoes stuck to ground? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he does not. I don't know if I have any ice spells. I don't think I do. I have healing spells. Quat will look over at all you and say, So I've got you here? Now what? Well, we need to find where this teleportation circle is. And, uh, let's see. Does the, does the letter give any clue about, like, it with within the volcano or within the area of the volcano where it might be does not it just says that there is one here and to be wary of the inhabitants but 
it gives the volcano is the only location marker. Jonathan, do all teleportation circles look the same? Like, do they look like the ones in the Amethyst Acropolis? Generally, yes, but they the runes that surround them are can be different. Because, like, if we were to try to, like, fan out, not, like, separate, but, like, wide berth to try to find the circle, we would all know what that would look like unless it was different. Right. And then we wouldn't know what it would look like because we don't know what new things are. Yeah, we could fan out and see if we see, like, a cave entrance or or maybe it is just out in the open. Who knows? Yeah, let's, let's fan right, out. Uh, I'm down for some scouting. Yeah, let's try it. Yeah, There's another idea. All right, which way would you like me to go? D4 is north. Or one is north, two is east, uh, three is south, and four is west. Let's go west first. West is best. So basically away from the where the flow of lava is heading towards. Yeah. Okay. And you're all just going to stay together but spread out a little bit and head in that direction? Yeah, just so we can kind of like, you know, cover our bases. Sure. Uh, you start to head in that direction, making your way across the, the rocky, craggy ground. It is starting to get very warm, uncomfortably so. Uh, the closer you get to the rift in the ground, the, the more the heat becomes oppressive. The warmth in the jungle so far has been uh, maybe at worst hot. This is now bordering on your body is telling you that this is dangerous. But you kind of skirt that edge, keep away from where it would be so obviously dangerous. But you are a bit closer and you can see a little bit more of the lava kind of bubbling out in bits and places. The actual mouth of this volcano is a good hundred feet in diameter. So it is very large. As you're coming around, you see on this side, there are rifts in the ground where you can see bits of steam coming out. And you watch as Quat is being very careful about stepping over and around and testing places and being incredibly cautious about where where he lets his, his feet land. And every once in a while, one of you puts a foot down and you have to take a second and yank as your shoe has started to melt as it is getting very hot. Uh, Travancore's shadow is doing okay because his paws are very thick, but you can see he's kind of doing the same thing that Quat is doing, testing places, moving a little quicker than normal. He's okay for the moment, but he's also miserable in the heat. You can see he's drooped. Fire bear is not heat bear, and he is not happy. So I have a mechanical question for the DM. Sure. I have a cantrip called Frostbite. If I cast it in this heat, what happens? You'd have to cast it and find out. Ooh. All right. In the name of science, uh, Travancore cast Frostbite on, on himself. On yourself? Okay. Just because I don't want to do the shadow in case it hurts him, you know? Sure. Yeah, what, hold on. Burn, are you, so I've got a question. Is I, I would like to know if we're role-playing this in a way that, like, Travancore is like, hey, capital S spellcasters, what do you think would happen if I cast Frostbite? Is that, are you thinking these thoughts in the Telbond and Bernie has a chance to say, you also have your own healing spells, so go right ahead. That's kind of what Travancore is thinking, too. Worst case scenario, if he uh, he takes a little bit of da cold damage, I mean, 
it gives me disadvantage. I can always like heal myself and I need to. So here's what I'm going to say. Because Frostbite is a ranged spell, it's not like you can go right into your face. But you, I'll let you attack your own shoes. Sure, go ahead and roll. <laughs> or I was a- going to say, uh, shoot it at the ground in front of where Carlton's walking so that he's now stepping on the cold ground. I'm going to say for the moment, because you do have to uh, attack a creature, mm. target must make a cut. Travancore, yeah. I would like you to make a constitution saving throw. Okay, con. Not a, uh, not a great donor to con. Let's find out. Can I choose to fail or no? You know you what? Since always choose to fail saves. Since yeah. you're casting it, yeah, you can choose to fail. Because I want to see what happens. Okay, yeah. You cast it at your feet uh, because you, you're doing something, quote unquote, at range. Go ahead and roll a d6. Okay. Three. You take three cold damage. Okay. The ground steams and hisses, and immediately the hot surface is cooled, and then you watch as the frost that had formed that kind of now is prickling your legs a little bit on the obsidian surface just melts and evaporates away in an instant. And for about the next six seconds, your feet are pretty nice. (laughs) Six seconds of comfort. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's like... It's tingly. It's comfort discomfort. It's up to Travancore whether three points of cold damage is worth six seconds of relief, <laughs> but that's what you got. I didn't want to interrupt your descriptions, but like right as we're getting from the uncomfortable hot to the melty phase, Carlton, like before we get to the melty phase, is going to kind of pause for a minute, look into the bag, go loincloth, and he's just going to change into the loincloth. <laughs> Bernie, out there in the open. who has to live underneath genitalia height, goes, oh, God, no! Okay. Quat turns his back with a grin, but gives you some privacy. Carlton doesn't care I know. at this point in his life. Some of us care. You haven't moved into a, a place where it's dangerous. Um, I will, I will, if you're about to do that, you will either let me know or I will warn you. But for the moment, you're all being smart enough to not move into danger zone. Yeah, I just don't want to be in the spot where while I'm putting on my loincloth, my shoes are melting underneath me. Yeah. So like right before we get to the melty phase of like where I'm standing. That's fair enough. As you've moved around this way, go ahead and roll perception checks. And is Bucks still on someone's shoulder or is Bucks flying? Bucks is going to, uh, now that we are actually looking for features he is going to uh, take flight off of bernie's shoulder and start looking around for what jonathan the magimuscular was describing like caves inlets anything like that sure or maybe just a teleportation circle that's just sitting out in the open okay uh what did bucks and jonathan get are are these new perception checks yeah these are new because you're in a new location you're kind of looking for uh more details Okay, Jonathan the Magimuscular gets an 11, and Bucks is going to get a 19. And Bernie? Bernie got a 15. She's slowly doing better with every roll. Nice. And Travancore and Shadow? Travancore got an 11, Shadow got an 18. And Carlton? Now that I'm nice and breezy, I got a 21. Okay. Uh, From your ground position, Carlton, you don't see anything. That stands out. It's rocky. It's smelly. It's hot. It's a volcano. And the rest of you don't really see anything. Bucks does not see a teleportation circle. 
He doesn't see any caves. He doesn't see any obvious ways of getting underground or into this crevasse in any way. And it's pretty obvious, at least, that the bowl of this volcano is filled with molten rock. It would be impossible to get on in without some way of not dying to molten rock. But he does notice the flow of lava has a that comes out of the volcano and is heading essentially east if we've picked some random direction. So on the other side of where you are, the ground is is rocky and uneven, but is not hilly. And he notices that there is a weird bubble in the lava flow. Uh, the lava flow itself is a good 50 feet wide. It's huge and it's slow moving. And it's almost as though there is right in the middle of this flow, about 30 to 40 feet away from where it's coming out of the, the bowl, is this weird dome as though there's a giant rock in the middle of the flow that it is flowing over. Okay. That's kind of strange. See. That is strange. Uh, except for the smell of burning hair, I am sorry. This is not pleasant for any of us. Uh, Jonathan the Mental no, Muscular points out the weird rock that's just kind of right there. and It's hard for all of you to see because you're on the opposite side of the volcano. And so literally you're trying to look, those of you who are on the ground are trying to look across the bowl and you can't see what Bucks can see because Bucks is flying overhead. So Bucks is essentially seeing a lava rapid because the presence of a rock that water is flowing over. That's what you're describing, right? Like Pretty much. Bucks it's just not seeing... moving. Yeah. You're correct in the description, just not in the speed. But yeah. Yes. Oh, not in the speed. Yeah, right. It's not flowing fast, but like whatever he's seeing is is creating what shouldn't exist. Yeah. It's washing over some it's it's exactly. It's as though there is a rock and the lava is flowing over the rock, but Jonathan you would especially know getting these images from Bucks, the heat of this lava should long ago have melted whatever it is that's causing this bubble if it was just a rock. Okay. Jonathan the Muscular is going to try... Hey, uh, Bernie, do you have stone shape? As one of my cantrips? No, no, as a, as a normal spell. It wouldn't be a cantrip. I don't have it prepared. Let me see if I actually know it as a... Thought it was a cleric spell. Jonathan the Muscular kind of wants to dam the lava with wall of force. So basically he would try to cut off the lava flow like that and maybe use the other walls to channel the lava around this object. I have meld into stone, I think, oh, is one of my... okay. I don't have stone shape. Okay. I think some clerics get it as part of their subclass, but I don't think right. life clerics are one no, of them. No, life so. clerics just get healing for days. Okay. Healing for days! Okay. How close do you need to be to the, the bubble in order to put down your wall of force? Uh, I can be 120 feet away from uh, where I start to put uh, walls. And uh, wall of force, I get uh, uh, 10, 10 by 10 foot panels. Okay. So I just need to know, like, I guess, does does he have the depth to and, and does he have the panels to to do to do this? 
he definitely has the panels to do it. You would need to move, if not closer, because 150 feet, um, because the the bowl of this volcano is like 100 feet in diameter. So in order to get close enough to it, you're going to have to continue around to be closer to the east side. And also to get a clearer view, because right now you cannot see what Bucks can see. And I think for this spell, you need to see the area. But once you get within that line of sight and within that range, yes, you absolutely can put down the walls of force in pretty much any configuration you need. And you think you'd be able to channel the lava away from from whatever that is. So wall of force is concentration to 10 minutes. So we're going to have to move fast. And he is going to attempt to get close enough to catch the spell. He's like, hey, and he's going to let everyone know, hey, I'm going to head over here to try and channel the lava away from this object. We should all stick together, should we not? Uh, yeah, I would think like so. to be there in case you accidentally stay in one spot too long and catch on fire. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know enough about volcanoes, but your feetsies seem like they're getting pretty toasty. They are very hot. I will not have to file these nails for ver- for many, many days. Uh, they're, all right, uh, let us go. Quat will lead you kind of counterclockwise around the bowl of the volcano, continuing to keep out of the the dangerous part of the heat. I'm going to say you're about like 120 feet away from where this bubble is uh now that you've all made the walk around and jonathan is able to point it out you can all clearly see this slow moving river of of lava of magma and this clear bump in the middle of the the road and jonathan starts to cast wall of force and are you trying to split the lava are you trying to shunt it all to one side what what's configuration are you making i guess what we'll try and do is we'll try and shunt it off to uh the right so that we have clear access coming in from the from the left okay so you can definitely do this. Answer two questions for me just so that I can describe this correctly about Wall of Force. It does stop physical objects? It does. And how tall are these walls? 10 by 10. Perfect. And I get 10 of them. Uh, you erect this wall and it takes about 30 seconds because this is slow moving lava. Um, so you put it down and it definitely diverts the flow and you watch it moving essentially away from you and starting to uncover whatever it was that this bump was. And two things happen kind of simultaneously as Jonathan, you are concentrating on this spell. Jonathan, you very clearly see, especially with Buck still keeping an eye overhead, the lava clears. And the space is revealed, and it is very clearly a teleportation circle, just right there on a chunk of flat, perfect obsidian that the lava seemed to be jumping over, for lack of a better term, as though leaving and and cresting over an invisible force over this circle and landing on the other side. And now that the lava is gone, you clearly see it uh glowing in blue and blue script on just carved right into the obsidian the rest of you 
you kind of see the glow, so you know that it's been uncovered, but the rest of you are a little distracted because as the river is of lava is diverted and changes from out of the bowl of the volcano, you see some bubbling happen. Some bits of uh, red and orange kind of bubble out. And for a moment, you think, is this volcano erupting a little bit more? And then you see two hands made of lava crawl themselves out, followed by two massive torsos as two more hands come crawling out of the lava. And it is though bits of the magma has come to life as these massive creatures made out of swirling, completely super hot rock with humanoid-ish appearances, but no face and bits where their eyes should be that are just black coals. And they laboriously pull themselves up out of the magma and stare down at you. And that is where we will pause. I was going to say, I turned to Bernie and I said, remember when I said I was going to fight a volcano? And I grabbed my sword and then we're <laughs> reacting. <laughs> because I'm not going to remember that zinger in a week. Bernie goes, <laughs> And yeah, you two, um, they, they are huge. They are considered huge. So let me, let me make those a little bit bigger. Oh, no. Because they are huge. They are huge. very large creatures. And they are, from everything that you can see, essentially living magma (laughs) has come out of this volcano and is marching towards you. But we will get to that next time. Let me give you some experience for asking about the cat god, for all of the cat's jokes that I will still punish you for, but I will give you experience for them. Mm. And for... Braving the volcano and getting to now know that you're going to fight the volcano. I will give you a total of 8,500 experience to split between the lot of you. And the next time we get together, you and Quat are fighting a volcano. Sorry, Bernie. I know you kept asking. I yes, knew you were. I knew there was a reason why every fucking time I asked, you just like took a hard left turn away from the conversation. I was like, she is going to find a way to make us fight. Didn't know it would be this. As soon as Carlton's is like, I'm gonna fight a volcano. DM's like, write down, fight a volcano, figure out how, I've got a week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.